At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Tokyo. Uh, uh, wow. Wow. Take two. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Shack. Sports Shack. It's Sports Shack. Welcome to episode 342 of the Sports Yak Podcast. You mean the Ron Santo episode? I know that guy. Yes, 342 career home runs for the former Cubs third baseman, nine-time All-Star, and then went on to become a beloved broadcaster with the team alongside Pat Hughes. What some people may not realize is that Ron Santo... Struggled with diabetes throughout his whole career, had to take insulin injections, uh, kept that concealed from the public until the early 70s, wound up being a huge advocate for the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, raised $65 million for that organization during his lifetime, had both legs amputated, and eventually died of diabetes, but uh, what a terrific third baseman and one of the most popular Cubs of the 20th century. How about his broadcasting career? How would you rate it? <laughs> he was a, uh, he wasn't much for analysis. You know, you didn't get a whole lot of scientific or technical analysis from Ron Santo. You weren't going to learn a lot about the game from him, but he was passionate. He was colorful. Perhaps his most famous radio call the cubs are battling for the division in 1998 and they're playing up in milwaukee and they have an outfielder by the name of brant brown who drops a fly ball and ron's oh no (laughs) which just kind of overwhelmed pat hughes call on play by play and apparently Santa was just disconsolate after the game. Actually, Jim Riggleman, the Cubs manager, had to put his arm around him on the team bus and say, Ronnie, we'll, we'll bounce back and we'll get him tomorrow. Pat Hughes always joked that it was the first time that a manager ever consoled an announcer <laughs> after a ball game. But uh, he and Pat Hughes were just hilarious to listen to. And one of my favorite Santos stories from his broadcast career, they're they're in Shea Stadium in New York. They're playing the Mets. And Santo had a huge dislike for the Mets anyway. It's April, and Ronnie had a hairpiece. Well, it's April, so it's a little cool, so they've got one of these overhead heaters on in the booth. And Ronnie stands up for the national anthem, 
And Pat all of a sudden smells, what's this, what's this burning smell? What's this sizzle? His hairpiece caught on fire. Oh, my. And Hughes <laughs> takes this cup of water and throws it. And Santos got no idea. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> the rug's on fire. So, colorful character Ron Santo, we dedicate episode 342 to you. Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network, presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's all the way! It is! Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever! Tokyo Olympics. I kind of enjoyed watching you watching the Olympics on your phone this morning. You were into it. Yeah, well, because we had a local wrestler, Sarah Hildebrandt, Penn High School grad, wrestling at the 50-kilogram weight in women's wrestling. She had marched through her first two matches of the day. In fact, her second match, she was barely tested. Uh, She won that one going away. Uh, They called it early because she was up by 10 points. And so she went into the semifinals against uh, Sun Yanan of China. And Hildebrandt, in the first period, jumps out to the 7-0 lead. Now I'm watching it, and I'm kind of updating you with the score on the phone. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I thought to myself, and I'm not watching the match, but I'm just watching the scores come across, and I thought to myself, she's Gonna be cruising in the gold medal round. She'll she got be the, it. she'll mm-hmm. be the underdog against the wrestler from Japan, but she's gonna cruise into the gold medal round. This is gonna be exciting. And then all of a sudden you start to see the scores mounting for Sun Yunan in the second period. And she got a throw, which is worth four points in the last fifteen seconds of the match and that was the difference and Sun Yanan moves on to the gold medal match 10-7. So Sarah Hildebrandt will wrestle for the bronze medal tomorrow morning our time, tonight Tokyo or tomorrow night Tokyo time. Um and hopefully get a chance to be on the podium and represent the USA. I know she's tremendously disappointed at losing that seven nothing lead. Uh, in in chatting with a couple of other people this morning via text, they said she kind of looked tired in that second period, just didn't look herself. So hopefully she can bring back that positive energy that really is Sarah Hildebrandt, come back uh, with a vengeance here, and at least get the bronze medal tomorrow. And it's been a busy time for our local Olympians. Annie Drews. What a story she has been. The other Penn alum that is in the Olympics. Remember, she didn't play very much in the first two matches of pool play. And then I believe it's Jocelyn Thompson who got injured. And Drews came off the bench to really spark the U.S. in in some critical matches against Italy and Turkey. And since then, this U.S. volleyball team has really been on a roll. They destroyed the Dominican Republic in the quarterfinals. And last night, they beat Serbia three games to none. Drews has been the leading scorer for the U.S. volleyball team in each of the last three games. And so the Penn alum will play for the gold medal 
coming up, I believe that'll be Saturday night, South Bend time. And good luck to her, hopefully bringing back some gold. And she may not be the only person in the Northern Indiana Conference bringing back gold because Skylar Diggins-Smith, although she did not score in the game last night, played nine minutes and helps the U.S. women's basketball team to an easy 79-59 win over Serbia. And so the U.S. women will play for the gold medal coming up in a couple of days as well. And that could be wild. Over the course of history, I was chatting about it online with uh, my friend Tony Miller today, but I believe the only two members of the Northern Indiana Conference to get medals at an Olympics. Dan Harrigan from South Bend Adams won a bronze medal in swimming in 1976. And then Lindsey Benko from Elkhart won gold medals as part of a freestyle relay swim team mm-hmm. uh, in Sydney. And I, I want to say she won in Athens as well, but I'm not sure. Uh, but she definitely won in Sydney. And so those are the only two members of the NIC who have ever won gold medals, that number could double in a span of about four hours overnight between Annie Drews and Skylar Dickens-Smith. So that's incredible, and it's made it a very exciting Olympics for those of us in Michiana to watch, to have some local interest and flavor in it. Chuck and I share the hallway with Skylar's mother-in-law, Vicki Smith. Have you talked to her at all about this experience? I did. Uh... Vicky is not much of a night owl, but what she's done is sleep, set an alarm, get up, watch the game, and then go back to sleep. Oh, wow. So <laughs> Yeah, I'd probably do that. Yeah, And, and she DVRs it just in case, yeah. just in case you were to fall asleep while watching the game. So she's been very interested, very intrigued, uh, following what her daughter-in-law is doing, and uh, is very excited for Skylar, as we all are. Give us a uh, a final medal or uh, you know a current medal count here for USA, and we'll move on to football or uh, baseball. Well, the U.S. is starting to put itself in terms of medal count. They're starting to put some distance between themselves and the Chinese team in overall medal count. Now, uh, the Chinese still have the advantage in terms of the gold medals. I think it's thirty six to thirty right now. Let me check. Although the U.S. did uh, pick up a gold medal today in men's wrestling uh heavyweight gable stevenson was able to pick up gold medal number 31 for the u.s team so as we record here at 9 13 in the morning eastern time the u.s has 97 medals overall 31 gold 35 silver 31 bronze china is second with 78 but they lead in gold medals with 35 and then the russian olympic committee is third with 62 And we kind of figured this would be the case with the U.S. typically doing very well in track and field. It's actually been the field events that have carried the United States so far more than the track events. Uh, You're seeing some terrific performances from the island nations like Jamaica and Bahamas in the sprint so far. Allison Felix got a bronze today in the 400 meters. But uh, the United States acquitting itself well, and I think they'll probably pick up another gold medal here in um, women's golf because Kelly Horta has a a pretty good-sized lead entering the third round of that. Well, let's segue into baseball. What do you got for us? 
the White Sox are a little bit troubling right now, Corey, in that their offense has been somewhat inconsistent here the past few games. They lost uh, two out of three now to Kansas City, falling 3-2 last night. That's nine losses in the last 14 games for Tony LaRusso's team. Now, they're not in any kind of trouble in the American League Central. They've still got uh, a good amount of distance between themselves and the Cleveland Indians, nine and a half games. But here come the Detroit Tigers coming up on Cleveland for second place. Victor Reyes, a couple of triples and three RBI last night. Detroit hammered Boston 8-1. to one. That means the Tigers are only a game and a half out of second, which tells you basically how bad that division is. The White Sox are 63-46, and 46, and they are nine and a half in front of a Cleveland team that is two games below 500. So the Sox are the only team above the 500 mark in that division. If you were going to have the baseball playoffs right now, your division leaders are Tampa Bay, the White Sox, and the Astros in the American League. And your wildcard teams would be Boston and Oakland. Yankees trying to make a move on Oakland. The Yankees find themselves a game and a half behind the A's in that wildcard chase. Are you seeing some baseball this weekend, did you tell me? Yeah, we're going to go see it. I've never seen a game at Progressive Field. And since we're visiting my daughter in northeastern Ohio, uh, we're going to go see the Indians play the Tigers on Sunday. Nice. So that should be fun. Uh, the Cubs, they're just not the same team, and everybody knew this once they had the fire sale uh, last week. And so the Cubs lose to Colorado yesterday 6-5. Trevor Story hits a couple of home runs for the Rockies. Chicago now six games below the 500 mark. They are mired in fourth place in the National League Central, 13 and a half games out. And to be honest, Corey, I, I barely watch them anymore because I, I keep an eye because I'd like them to win, but I I really can't get that excited about watching Frank Schwindel play first base instead of Anthony Rizzo, about Janeshwi Fargus in in left field. I can't get excited about Sergio Alcantara at shortstop. Maybe I should be. Maybe this is the future of my team. I sure hope it's not because uh, I just cannot uh, find myself saying this is interesting. Mm-hmm. So you amongst a lot of other people, apparently. But to uh, but to look bad. at the playoff picture currently in the National League, the Mets have a half game lead on Philadelphia and a game and a half on Atlanta in the National League East. Milwaukee cruising along in the NL Central, they're seven ahead of Cincinnati. Giants have a four game lead on the Dodgers in the West. So. If you had the playoffs starting today, it would be the Mets, Milwaukee, and San Francisco as your division leaders with the Dodgers and the Padres as your wild cards. So what's the, what's the current record of uh, football practices this week? All right, let's, uh, let's break this down. We went one, five, three, and three. So 12 practices wow. this week. Uh, last one I went to was Fairfield yesterday. Matt Thacker, what a turnaround he's done with that team. Uh, they went from winless his first year to 9-0 and last season, losing in the playoffs to Fort Wayne Lures. And they've got a lot of their offensive line back. They think they're going to be pretty quick. Uh, he likes the team that he's got on the field now. He feels like they're holding each other accountable, that they've bought in. 
New quarterback this year in Carter Kitson. He's a point guard on the basketball team. And with the kind of option offense that the Fairfield Falcons run, uh, Thacker likes that. He likes the fact that he's got uh, a point guard kind of making those decisions from the quarterback role because that's really what an option quarterback is, is kind of a point guard. Do I keep it? Do I pitch it out? Things like that. Uh, He feels like his defense will be pretty solid. They have an interesting game in week two against South Bend Adams, uh, a very athletic team. So we'll see how the Falcons fare there. But Matt Thacker was very honest. He goes, we have to play teams like that to get ready for the playoffs where we might have to face a team like Fort Wayne Bishop Lures, who absolutely annihilated the Falcons in the playoffs last year. And one of the reasons that happened is because Lures was a completely different animal than anything that Fairfield faced during the regular season. Mm. Part of that is the conference that Fairfield plays in. The Northeast Corner Conference just doesn't afford you the opportunity to play those kinds of teams. So you've got to find ways to play them in your non-conference, and that's why Fairfield scheduled Adams. I know you were at Penn this week. Uh, who's uh, QB1 over there these days? Ryan Buckley will be the starting quarterback for the Penn Kingsmen this okay. year. And uh, Corey Oman, very high on Buckley. He's a kid who's kind of come up through the ranks. Uh, program kid, was a backup a year ago to Ron Paulus third, and now ready to take his, his slot in the quarterback range. They have Alec Hardrick in the backfield, speedy running back who can get to the outside. Uh, the receivers are a little bit of a question mark for the Kingsmen. I liked what I saw on defense. I, I thought uh, defensively they passed the eye test, especially in the front seven. That that secondary is a little bit young. They might get picked on a little bit by by passing teams. But overall, I think the Kingsmen are ready to kind of come back to the level that we're accustomed to seeing Penn at. Another team I was impressed with yesterday was Warsaw. I think Bart Curtis has it rolling down there at Warsaw right now. Their numbers are really good. Uh, they run that option attack, and they run it to near perfection, which is one of the reasons it's so tough to stop. Defensively, Bart feels like this will be the best defense that he has had in his tenure at Warsaw. Hmm. If that's the case, I would make them the favorites in the Northern Lakes Conference, although he says look out for Mishawaka. Haven't seen the Cavemen yet. I will see them the week that they play Marion. Okay. Good update. Thank you. And uh, I'm trying to think where else that uh, I've been that there was some interesting stories. Of course, we had the uh, the passing of the legendary Elkhart coach Tom Kurth earlier this week. Tom was 85. I think, not to be uh, overly dramatic about it, but I think Tom kind of died of a broken heart. His wife of 65 years had died uh, just six months ago. And I think that really affected Tom. Tom sure. won 277 games as a football, or 278 games, excuse me, as a high school football coach, starting his career up at Griffith, and then coming to Elkhart when it was one high school, going through the split of Elkhart Central and Elkhart Memorial. He was the coach at Elkhart Central, having some incredible athletes and players at his disposal. Uh, I, I think was, my brother-in-law played for him. Yes, he would have. Early 80s. And, uh, but here, here are some of the people that played for Tom Kurth. He had David Schnell, who was a star quarterback at Indiana, really should be in the IU Football Hall of Fame. There's no excuse for him not being in there. He had 
three players play at Alabama for Bear Bryant. Mike Stock, Rich Wingo, and Scott Homan. He had Tom Eastman, who played at Notre Dame. He had Mike Franger, who played at Notre Dame. I mean, the wealth of talent. Uh, Bob Herrick, Garvin Robertson. I could go on and on. Two mythical state football championships. I say mythical, Corey, because prior to 1973, state titles were basically voted on by the sports writers. There wasn't a tournament or anything to decide a state champion. Interesting. And twice, Tom Kurtz Elkhart teams were voted number one by the sports writers. He also won a state track championship in the 1990s. But more than anything else, Tom Kurth galvanized the city of Elkhart during those turbulent racial periods of the late 1960s and the early 1970s. I mean, it got, it got pretty bad in Elkhart. And I will say this. I think his predecessor at Elkhart High School wasn't exactly beloved by the black community in Elkhart, and for reasons. Tom Kurth made it a point to go, as they say in Elkhart, south of the railroad tracks and go into people's homes, basically. Go places where white people typically did not go in Elkhart. And he didn't care because he wanted to find the best talent for his football team. And if it was there, he was going there. Hmm. So he went to people's homes. He got to know them. And I think LeVon Johnson, one of his former players who went on to be a football coach at Elkhart Central, said it best. Coach showed he loved you not not just with his words but with his actions. And universally beloved, they're going to have a memorial service for him Sunday night over at Rice Field. And um, that should be quite the event because this was a man that really made a mark on a community. He got so many young people into colleges that otherwise would not have been able to go and help them further their education, help them better their lives. Um, he's just he's kind of a, almost a legendary, mythical figure in the city of Elkhart. And... He'll be missed there, but his impact will be felt for a long, long time. Well, unless you got anything else up your sleeve, we can wrap it up with sports. A little pro football last night. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys and, and the Steelers played the the Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio. It's Hall of Fame weekend, big weekend for Peyton Manning. He'll be enshrined oh, great. into the Hall of Fame. And apparently Tom Brady is flying into uh, to view the ceremony uh, to show his respect for Peyton Manning. Of course, they had those great rivalries during Brady's time with New England and Peyton's time with Indianapolis. Uh, so Manning going into the Hall of Fame, but last night it was the Colt or Colts, the Cowboys and the Steelers in the Hall of Fame game. And Chase Claypool, the former Notre Dame star, had a very good game. He had three catches for the Steelers before they pulled the starters out. Steelers went at 16-3. to Kind of a big football kickoff weekend. Not only do you have the Hall of Fame game and the ceremony for the NFL, but the colleges start practicing. Notre Dame will start fall camp tomorrow. Brian Kelly will address the media and uh, let them know what he thinks of his team. And I, I think he's pretty high on this group going into the season, despite all the graduation losses they have. 
one of the things that Brian Kelly is trying to emphasize right now is, look, we want to be a playoff contender every single year. And he thinks they can be. Now, obviously, you've got to replace a three-year starter at quarterback in Ian Book. You're going to try to do that with Jack Cohn. You have massive holes to fill on the offensive line. How good can this Irish offensive line be? They may wind up starting two freshmen on the offensive line this year. Uh, that's not typically a recipe for success, but you never know what Blake Fisher and Rocco Spindler might be able to do. And then defensively, can Nerdane do a good enough job in stopping the run and getting pressure on the quarterback in order to disrupt things? Uh, a lot of questions with the new defensive coordinator, Marcus Freeman, coming in. Freeman has kind of revolutionized what they do recruiting-wise. What will he do on the field to help the Irish? All these things are things to keep an eye on with Notre Dame football 30 days away as we record this. When and who? Florida State at Tallahassee on a Sunday night on ABC. And, of course, we haven't really had the opportunity to talk about the streaming situation with Notre Dame football either. I don't know how you feel about this one. I'd, I'm just, uh, you know, it's like you buy an NBC contract. I expect to turn on Channel 16 on Saturdays. And, you know, is the Peacock, is it free? I can't even remember. Well, Can, do you sign up for it? Do you? You will need Peacock Premium in order to get this. Now, if you're a Comcast subscriber, uh-huh. you get that. You already have that in your Comcast subscription. Why? Because... In this wild world of media, Comcast, I believe, owns NBC. Oh, okay. And so Comcast will give you the Peacock Premium. You've got that if you're a Comcast subscriber. But if you're not a Comcast subscriber, you're going to have to subscribe separately to Peacock Premium in order to see the Notre Dame football home opener against Toledo on September 11th. Now... I suppose the good news for Notre Dame fans is, well, that's the least interesting of the Notre Dame home games as it stands right now. And Notre Dame fans have been spoiled around here to be able to watch every game on television for the last, I don't know, 50-plus years uh, for free. So, yes, I get it. This is different. Yes, I get it. You're paying cable subscriptions or different subscriptions. Why should I have to pay again uh-huh. for something? But in the grand scheme of things, whatever you're laying down for a Peacock subscription, 5 bucks, 10 bucks, probably cheaper than any trip to the concession stand you would make at the game itself. Um, or there's this new invention called radio, and you can <laughs> listen to the game for free. Mm-hmm. So, while I feel for those people, I feel, honestly, I feel more for WNDU. Because WNDU relies heavily on local advertising for Notre Dame football games to make money. Right. And they just had, this wasn't their decision. They weren't consulted. And all of a sudden, you have one-seventh of those games that you have for home games ripped out from under you. Now, I think we'll still do a countdown to kickoff for that game, but... I was just going to ask you, are you on board again this season? Yeah. uh, Well, I haven't been told I'm not. 
Let's put it that way. That's how you usually handle that one? <laughs> uh, so why is it on the Peacock? Is there Olympics on? No. Olympics are I, done. I have no idea what's on NBC that day. I think it's strictly NBC wanting to ramp up subscriptions for Peacock. Wow. And Notre Dame is being a quote-unquote good partner and going along with it. So... That's the story behind that. Okay. Overrated, underrated. From the Streaming? Twitter. <laughs> From the Twitter. You'll have to yeah, you'll have to watch on the Peacock to hear this. Uh, a couple of random ones, but just for fun. We didn't really have something that we etched into this episode, but a couple of uh avid listeners threw us a right? couple of bones. I, I love that. Overrated, underrated. I give you the movie Dances with Wolves. Overrated. I yeah? never uh, I'll tell you why it's overrated. Because it's too long. Too long. I remember seeing it in the theater with the girl I was dating, and that's I. I didn't mind at eighteen, you know, movie length, but that one was like three hours plus. And yeah, let's go. I did like it, but it's just too long. No, it's too long. It's ponderous. I would never sit through it. Forget about it. Overrated. Well, you said you'd never sit through it. So have you ever seen it? No. You've never. Have you never seen Dances with Wolves? What, Corey? How long is it? Uh, more than two hours. What's my rule? Not more than two hours. <laughs> Do you think I'm going to violate my rule for that? Boy, that'd be fascinating to see what you think of Dances with Wolves in 2021. But we can't get you to watch it because it's longer than two hours. Yeah. Maybe if you just watch the two hours and then tell us what you think. Well, that might be better. <laughs> Would you do? Would when, you consider when, a two-parter? When does it? No, I'm not gonna. Like an hour and a half one Friday and an hour and a half. The I next barely Friday? have two hours to squeeze in one movie. Worse yet, oh, I'm gonna break this up in, <laughs> into two. That's no. A, so you're saying there's a chance? No, there's not a chance. Overrated, underrated. The root beer float. Underrated. I mean that that is just a go-to. Uh, staple it doesn't i was gonna say a summer staple but there's no limit on when you have the root beer float you can have that anytime and if somebody comes up to you and says would you like a root beer float how often are you gonna say no you're not gonna say no. you're not no you're not gonna say no what root beer do you go with what brand well i'm i'm tend to be partial to a and w because that's kind of what you grew up with right right i mean and around here there used to there used to be a and w stands i don't know if there are anymore they used to be in root beer giant root beer barrels that's right. what the restaurant looked like uh now i know barks you know barks has bite and okay quite frankly i'm fine if you're making a root beer float with even a store brand root beer and vanilla ice cream you're still not going to screw it up it's it's unbeatable. Follow-up question. You're having your root beer float. You end up having more ice cream than root beer. Do you refill the glass? No. No. One is enough, but you don't you don't need to re- refill the glass. You do need to have a spoon handy. Mm-hmm. I don't want to drink the ice cream through the straw. I'm going to agree to disagree. I'm going to do a refill. Okay. Yeah. Which is why I probably look the way I do. And you look the way no, you do. No, no. That's... You go strictly vanilla? Do you go strictly vanilla? Do you ever uh, go uh, hard left field and do something different? 
I can't recall ever having a root beer float with anything other than vanilla. Mm-hmm. I certainly wouldn't put chocolate in there. That would be too too dark and mysterious. You what? know who makes a good root beer float locally? Uh, Simonton Lake Drive-In, whatever that is. The Simonton Lake Drive-In and uh, what's Kasapo the place Street? that Faulkner has over here in Mishawaka? It's right there on Logan Street. There's a little drive-in restaurant there. Oh, I don't know of that one. Yeah. Okay. But both of those are good. All right. You're heading to Progressive Field. Maybe a review of your experience. Be happy to. On Monday. What's your weekend plan? Uh, I'm told music on the river. Uh, St. Joe River. My brother-in-law and his wife invited us. Uh, they hosted a uh, music on the river event in their yard a couple of weeks ago. But okay. this time someone else is doing it. So we go on their pontoon and you park by wherever the house is hosting it. And you listen to some good music for... Li- and, and, and this is live music. Live this music, isn't yeah. somebody bringing out their boombox. No. Just- well, it better not be. And oh. then uh, tomorrow, uh, team photos for Penn freshman football. That's a first for this family. And he's lasted this long. He's lasted a week. We're doing well. We had a nice long chat about that as we had a dude night last night. And then uh, Sunday's wide open as far as I can think right now. And what was the movie you went to see with your dude night last night? Suicide Squad. And? You will not be attending that movie. Why is that? Uh, It's not your cup of tea and it's longer than two hours. It's like 2.12. That I can I can stretch to two fifteen if it's good, but obviously if it's not my cup of tea, why would I bother? Right. There was a lot of laughter. Uh, it's it's an acquired taste for that kind of movie, but uh, it was actually good to hear a big group of people laughing together and ooh and ahs. I kind of want to see Jungle Cruise. We saw that last week on uh, date night. We saw it last weekend. It's uh, delightful, but about two fifteen two sixteen. Mm. Better be really good. And uh, what's the new one with uh, The Rock and Ryan Reynolds? Oh, that's a Netflix movie. Oh, okay. That'll be a Netflix one, so you can watch that in the comfort of your uh, living room. Well, see, the problem is if I'm watching from the comfort of my living room, if I go recline... <laughs> you're in big trouble, aren't you? Recline could be decline. Chuck, I've noticed you're on Twitter. I've been known to hang out there a little bit at 46 Sports. All of the uh, the visits that Chuck did with high school football, you can watch uh, exclusive video. We try to put out basically two a day. All right. Two a days, two a day. Exactly. Listen to you with your themes. Sports Yak as well on Twitter. Sports Yak with two Ks. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga Luga Ron Santo. Good old number 10. We've had some fun, yeah, the show is done, now we gotta run, it's Sportcheck, Sportcheck. Sportcheck is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.